Chapter Four of Black Paul by Ben Ames Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. There developed in Black Paul a devil of unrest. It is in all men. It was stronger in him, just as every function of the man was stronger than a like function in other men. Beneath his mirthless laughter, beneath his malign joviality, there was a hatred of the world, a hatred which could not find expression. It showed itself, curiously, in his attitude toward the crew. His fists were ever ready. They struck more and more frequently as the days passed. Yet when he struck, the man always laughed. It was as if his laughter were the curb he put upon himself. It was possible to imagine that if he had not laughed, his least impatience would become a murderous rage. He might have killed for small offences. But he laughed, and so refrained. His men, for the most part, felt this without understanding it. There was always a strange loyalty in Black Paul's crews. This was well known, and it puzzled those who knew. There were more blows struck on his ship than on any other that pretended to decency. Yet the crew were loyal. Ashore, they were ever ready to fight to defend him. They had, in some sort, a love for him. They felt, without understanding why, a sympathy for the man. Once one of the older men, who had sailed with him four full cruises, put this into words. He means naught, this man said. The fist is a fashion of speech with him. The man is torn and weary of the world. That's easy seen. There's a load on him. So they took his buffets and picked themselves up and grinned good-naturedly and would not take offence. There were on the Deborah but two exceptions to this rule. One was Red Paul, his son and mate. When Red Paul struck a man, there was murder in the blow and poison in the eye that guided it. Shunned by every man and hating every man, he had no friend aboard. He was like a mad dog in one thing. His deeper hatred was directed toward his master, his father, the one man he should have loved and served. Just as a dog that is mad will bite first the best-loved hand, just as an elephant upon whom madness comes will trample first his own mahout, in like fashion Red Paul's hatred centered on his father. It was this hatred which gave the impulse to his efforts to cultivate the crew to breed discontent, and to bring matters to a point that would end in the captain's destruction. He had, it is true, little success. Nevertheless, he persisted. The one man aboard who listened to him willingly was Spies, him whom Black Paul had struck that day they took the missionary and the girl aboard. This Spies was, aside from Red Paul, the only man aboard who had not a secret sympathy for the tragedy plain upon the captain's face. He hated Black Paul with the hatred of the weak for the strong, and the captain saw this, and took a mocking delight in nagging Spies, and bullying him, and driving him toward the point of open strife. This was near one day, when Black Paul stepped down from the quarter, and started toward the waist of the schooner. Spies was on his knees, scrubbing the deck. The captain, as he passed, kicked out at the man, and Spies was tumbled forward on his face, while Black Paul laughed. Keep out of the path, Spies, 
the captain warned him. Spies got up lumberingly and looked around. Red Paul was on the quarter, and Spies caught his eye. Beyond Red were Dan Darren and the girl. These two were much together as time passed. But Spies saw only Red Paul, and Red, perhaps, encouragement in his eye. For he turned and rushed the captain with the blind ferocity of a bull. Black Paul's face set grimly as the man charged, and he met Spies with an open-handed blow on one cheek, and then on the other, that brought the seaman up all standing and trembling, with the dizzy nausea the jarring blows induced. While he stood thus, helpless, Black Paul struck out like the kick of a mule, and Spies went spinning and teetering across the deck, till he came to the opposite rail, where he collapsed. As Spies lifted his head, Black Paul laughed and said, Bring better than your fist next time, Spies. The man muttered under his breath, Aye, I will. And Black Paul nodded cheerfully, and forgot his errand in the waste, and returned to the quarter again. There Red Paul, openly rebellious, warned him, I tell you, keep your hands off the men of my boat, sir. Fiddle, grinned his father, teach your men manners, boy and he passed Red and joined the girl. She had watched, she was watching now, with a white, still face. Black Paul felt a curious necessity of apologizing to her for what he had done. But he did not, for it was not the nature of the man. He challenged her instead. "'One way of handling that like of man, Ruth,' he said. She replied boldly, "'A bad way, Captain Paul.' He laughed at that, and touched her under the chin lightly. Now, now, it serves. She felt that she ought to condemn him, but she could not. The spell of the man was upon her, as it was upon the others. She liked him, could not forbear liking him, no matter what he might do. There was charm in him, and there was, for all his strength and pride of strength, a weakness that appealed to the mother heart of her. She was sorry for him, without knowing why. Indeed, she did not even know she was sorry for him. She only knew she liked him, whatever he might do. So, in spite of herself, she found she must smile at him now. He said, catching the smile, So, that's better. You'll find the men don't mind, Dan Darren had told her one day. They take it as a part of the game and there never was a crew that would stick closer in trouble. She nodded, and murmured thoughtfully, I can believe that men would stick with you. He looked forward along the length of his ship, an uninvited wistfulness in eye and curve of lip. Aye, Ruth, they do, he said. Then, with his mirthless laugh, he added, Lord knows why. She wondered, when she was alone, why she felt so drawn to the man. He personified, she thought, those brutalities which she should condemn. Yet she liked him, admired him, and something more. There was a tenderness in her for Black Paul that she could neither define nor deny. It increased her wonder, even frightened her a little. She told the old missionary of this, and he explained, There's a fundamental good in him, that is all. In spite of himself, Black Paul is a fine, good man. When she and Darren were together, she made him tell her about Black Paul, and nothing more delighted Darren, for he loved Black Paul, 
and the man he painted for the girl was of heroic proportions and Viking strength, and the stories he told of his exploits were like legends. Ruth asked him one day what Black Paul's name had been, and Dan told her. He was christened Dan, and his son too, he said. She smiled with surprise. Three of you, Dans, about the Deborah, and all officers. Her eyes clouded thoughtfully, and she fell silent. She remembered a thing her mother had once said to her. Trust a man named Dan, her mother had said. They're good men, Ruth. It goes with the name. She had wondered, then, whether her father had been named Dan, and asked her mother. The woman shivered faintly, and said, No, Michael he was. Michael Lytton, Ruth. Never forget that name. Her mother had told her very little about this man who had been her father. He had died, she said, when Ruth was still a baby. Thought of him came to her now, when she put the thought aside, and fell to talking to Dan Darren again, and their talk ran on and on. Trust a man named Dan, her mother had said, and she had trusted and liked Dan Darren from the beginning. She was a girl, a girl's fancies run very tenderly on such things as names. Yet she had not at all the same feeling toward Red Paul, even though his name were also Dan. She disliked him, and his insistent companionship annoyed her. Sometimes she was hard put to be rid of him. Black Paul perceived this one morning, when she turned away from the mate with hot cheeks and hurried below and his eyes as he looked on his son thereafter were lowering. But Red Paul did not see. He was looking toward the cabin companion, down which the girl had disappeared. End of chapter 4